Hello and welcome to Bright Wings, children's books to make the heart soar. I am your host, Charity Hill. The purpose of this conversation is to help mothers and fathers identify books that will liberate their children to embrace truth, goodness, and beauty. This is the podcast that helps you feel great about getting rid of books that you don't like. No, seriously, I really want this to be empowering. And that's what one of my listeners said to me lately. She said, you've really given me permission to get rid of books that I don't like and that I think are lackluster for my children. It was so encouraging to hear her say that because that is what I'm here for, to help you make thoughtful reading decisions to help you nourish your children. Speaking of helping you nourish your children, under consideration are the famous or infamous Fancy Nancy books. What do I really think? It's worth reiterating that books based off of TV shows are to be avoided. And it's also worth noting I'm not reviewing the TV show because I've never seen the Fancy Nancy show in my life. But these books came before there was a show. Those of us who love classic children's literature need to take just one deep breath. I want you to understand that I think there's a place in every little girl's heart for books that are pink and covered with glitter. The ancient term for this is vacuous glitterarius. But seriously, we need to ask that question. How can we grant that desire for pink and sparkle and shine without sacrificing quality? How can we make sure we're still giving our children books that are worth reading, that are, that are full of characters with character, that have beautiful illustrations, that have meaningful plot. What we're wondering is, is depth compatible with glitter? And I want to say yes, firmly. Yes, it is. Because thanks to Fancy Nancy, we see that glitter and good character can be integrated. Now, I didn't always think so. I had not yet met Nancy Clancy. In fact, I avoided those pink and glittery books with Nancy on the front because I thought they were just like Pinkalicious and just like all those Disney princess books out there. And without looking past the covers, I thought they were all alike, that there wasn't any meaning to be found inside the covers of those books. And no fun or humor either, really. I don't expect every kid's book to be as wise as Socrates. But I do expect more. Like I said in the first podcast, I expect more than thrilling, colorful vacuity. Even though with picture books, this is scaled down, I still expect my children's literature to have characters worth imitating, dynamic characters, that is characters that kind of change over time. I expect humor to be clever and beauty to be present. I expect thoughtfulness. Right off the cuff, this is what distinguishes Pinkalicious from Fancy Nancy. I found Pinkalicious to be spoiled and greedy and kind of bratty. <laughs> I didn't find her endearing just because she loves everything pink. I don't think she's like my daughters, and I definitely don't want my daughters to want to be like her. Fancy Nancy, on the other hand, is a horse of a different color or a girl of a different sparkle. Four years ago, a friend of mine asked me if I'd read any Fancy Nancy and I'd made a face and she encouraged me to try her out. So I laid aside my prejudices against pink, sparkly, uber girly books and opened the cover. So for the skeptical and uninitiated, let me tell you, Fancy Nancy is a series written by the magical Jane O'Connor and illustrated by Robin Priest Glasser. As you've probably already understood, Nancy loves things that are colorful and fancy. Her love for finery sets her apart from her mostly khaki and white t-shirt clad family. Her family finds Nancy lovable and unique, and one thing they share in common is that they're all very deeply intelligent people. 
Not only does Nancy love things that are visually fancy, she loves words that are fancy. Now, now you understand why I love Nancy. She loves fancy words. This really resonates with the young girl that I used to be, who once was described as having a precocious vocabulary at the age of five. And of course, being the little girl with the big love for words that I was, I wanted to know what precocious meant. So I've always remembered, and I'm still proud of it. No, but seriously, my ego aside, these books are wonderful at encouraging and fascination with language and vocabulary and interesting words, new words. These books and their love for words strike children at a perfect age and stage where they're really developing a more complex vocabulary throughout preschool and early elementary school. My daughter, when she was four, loved Fancy Nancy books, kind of went through a Fancy Nancy book phase, always checked them out at the library. And it was very clear at this stage that my daughter loved the fancy words that Nancy was incorporating. There was a particular fascination and even glee with some of the words that Nancy was using. For example, in Fancy Nancy, bonjour, butterfly, it opens with, don't you think butterflies are exquisite? Exquisite is even fancier than beautiful. As the story goes on, we see that Nancy and Brie are planning Brie's birthday party. Brie is Nancy's best friend, and it's going to be a butterfly birthday party. And Nancy's going as an azure butterfly. My wings are bright blue, she says. And what's that fancy word for shiny? Oh, yes, iridescent. So Nancy is great at encouraging little children who have already learned to talk to recognize that there's still uh, mystery and delight and depth in language. Nancy helps us see there's still a lot of fun to be had with words. And I could really see this with my daughter. She took probably a year's break from Nancy books. She's more interested in space and nonfiction, actually. And as a first grader, she loves them again. She just took out 11 or 12 of them from the library for the first time in a long time. So I have a huge deck beside me. What's new this time around is that my son is 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 interested in the stories as I read them as well. So he'll sit down and hang out with us when we read Fancy Nancy. He's not asking me to read them to him. He's not the one bringing them to me to read. But he's definitely interested in Fancy Nancy's big personality and in her adventures and misadventures. The writing is really good and the illustrations are wonderful. The story is really fleshed out and being told uh, with new dimensions and nuances through the illustrations, the expressions on Nancy's face and on her parents' face, um, all through the books are really telling. Details of clothing and objects that Nancy's holding or playing with, they're all really um, illustrative illustrations. So my son and daughter, who are twins, they're now six, while it can seem kind of obvious that our girl would enjoy these books, I'm pointing out that my son enjoys them because I just want to point out that it's good writing. And I also want to emphasize that Nancy makes things exciting. She, her sense of wonder is catchable. Whatever Nancy is interested in becomes interesting. Nancy studies stars and bugs. She studies butterflies in the separate book. She studies poetry. Those that I mentioned have kind of side facts uh, supporting the story and the plot and the text about Nancy and her relationships. So you're kind of already interested because Nancy's interested and she's telling you about um, different kinds of poetry or she's telling you about facts about stargazing or constellations or how to go outside and look for bugs in a safe way. 
One of my favorite Fancy Nancys is Fancy Nancy Poet Extraordinaire. My children study and memorize poetry at school, and so maybe it's even more impressive that Fancy Nancy's Poet Extraordinaire could interest my twins again in poetry, make them laugh and want, and they want me to read it to them multiple times. The story tells how Nancy is studying poetry in school with her teacher, who's wonderful, Ms. Glass. Nancy might grow up to be like Ms. Glass someday. The class is collecting poems and writing poems to put them up on their poet tree. And Nancy, who loves poetry and wants to be good at it, because after all, her name rhymes, and so she should be naturally poetic, is concerned because she has writer's block. In the end, inspiration strikes, and Nancy writes a poem that Ms. Glass tells her is called an ode. It's an ode, in fact, to Ms. Glass. The book is full of many different poems that Nancy likes. It's full of different poetic terms and um, vocabulary. So an ode is described. We learned that poems don't need to rhyme, but some kinds of poems do. Some poems have rules for their formation. Some poems are super funny. And we learned the word anthology, amongst other things. There's one thing this book and all the other Fancy Nancy books is not. These books are not simply a vehicle for kind of promoting some topic, some factual topic in an interesting way. They're not thinly veiled propaganda for poetry or science or stars or whatever it is, or relationships. Nancy is genuinely believable and likable and interesting, and her interest in the topic makes us want to know what she knows. In fact, the books are premised on the idea that your child is as curious as Nancy is. I find their conveyance of factual material really genuine, smooth, unawkward. It doesn't interfere with the plot, but adds to it. That is a really important aspect to me, that characterization and character development and plot not be vehicles for nonfiction topics. It's not good writing, and I know that my kids can see through it. Okay, now a word about the amount of visual detail in these stories. They're pretty busy. All along the way, Nancy dresses in a kind of over-the-top way, just somewhat over-the-top. She's very creative, and she's always adding um, a bit too much finery to her outfits, ribbons, and sparkly things. So my older daughters, who are 12 and 10, find it kind of annoying, obnoxious a little bit. My 10-year-old assures me that she would be very embarrassed if her six-year-old sister dressed like Nancy. But I find it endearing because don't little girls sometimes overdress? And my older daughters are concerned about social appearances anyway, in a way that is age appropriate, I think, for them at least. Unlike my family, Nancy's own family is very tolerant of her love of color and ostentation. They really seem to be quite supportive, and only once in a while do you see an illustration with an eye roll. In fact, I think Nancy's parents are super tolerant of her creativity and the mess that it creates. (laughs) Her parents, both her mother and her father, are supportive and loving and patient and wise um, with her adventures and her misadventures. They support her in her explorations and they console her in her misfortunes and mistakes. Her mother is particularly kind and patient with her, but her whole family seems very patient with her tendency to be melodramatic. And she enlivens them with her color and her vivacity and her creativity. So I really like that she has a good relationship with her parents and that her parents are real, you know, authority figures, dependable people in her life and not um, sort of, they're not depicted as either one of them being irresponsible or anything. And they never disparage Nancy for being 
more ostentatious than they are in their khaki and jean life. Nancy also has a little sister named Jojo who has her own taste and her own interests, while at the same time wanting to be interested in some of the things Nancy is doing and wanting to participate, just like any sweet little sister. So Nancy does a pretty good job of including Jojo. Sometimes it's clear that she's making Jojo play the little sister parts. But I like that most of the time, Nancy's finding a way to include Jojo in her creativity and adventures. It's a good depiction of how to sort out that sibling relationship, I think. Nancy's best friend is Brie, and Brie is black. I really like that, too, about fancy Nancy books. It's not drawn attention to in an awkward way. It's just normal. Brie and Nancy are friends. They both love the same things. Brie has really cool hair. She always has fancy uh, decorations and things, uh, beads and clips and bows in her hair that often match the things that she and Nancy are playing. So when they're playing mermaids, Brie's hair is full of shells and coral and ribbons. Nancy and Brie have a delightful friendship. They're really faithful to each other. Nancy and Brie work out several different problems in different books. One gets a better role in the ballet class for the ballet show than the other. In another story, Brie gets glasses and Nancy wishes that she had glasses. They hunt bugs together. They write poetry together. I think they have a fight over somebody breaking a teapot. But there's wonderful character development, and you can see that despite all the frippery, there are real little girls underneath with real hearts who make reliably wholesome companions for children. Thank you for listening to this review of Jane O'Connor and Robin Price Glasser's book series, Fancy Nancy. I hope it has helped you to decide whether these books are worth reading. But let me tell you, if loving Fancy Nancy is wrong, I don't want to be right. In the spirit of Fancy Nancy, au revoir, au revoir.